Hey guys, welcome to Tyson's Fitness Tips Podcast. If you want to lose weight, increase your energy, improve your health and fitness, and look your best, then you have come to the right place. My name is Tyson Brown. I'm a personal trainer, and my job is to help you transform your body by sharing with you the most up-to-date information on health and fitness. I'm going to distill it all down for you into bite-sized, actionable steps that you can take immediately to see results quickly. Now, every Tuesday and Thursday, you can expect a brand new episode, which will be a mixture of interviews with top experts from around the world in the fitness space, and as well as solo episodes from myself, sharing with you exactly what action steps you need to take to transform your health, your body, and your life. Also, don't forget to listen all the way to the end of the show, because in the middle, I'm going to share with you a time-saving tip. I know you're short on time, and this one can save you a lot of time and a lot of energy. So, let's get into the show. What is going on, guys? It is Tyson Brown here, and welcome to another episode of Tyson's Fitness Tips. So, I've brought on another special guest. I'm not going to do too much speaking today. I'm just going to do a lot of listening because I've been learning from this guy for a long time. Now, this is Eric Batch, and Eric is actually over from the States, so... He's got a uh, he's got a good story. He's been training for a, training people for a long time. So, Eric, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Hey, Tyson, thank you much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah, a little bit about me. I'm out in Denver, Colorado, kind of right in the middle of the country, hanging out in the Rocky Mountains right now. I know uh, you and I were just talking time zone differences, and it is crazy on the U.S. with all the different time zones, trying to get things coordinated sometimes. So, I'm really happy I can be here. Um, and yeah, more specifically about me, um, you know, a lot of my past comes as an athlete. As an athlete growing up, I was the smaller guy growing up, and I kind of got to a point, it's like, you know what, I got to build myself up to the weight room, or I'm not, not going to be the athlete I want to be or the person I want to be. So for me, training was always a vehicle to help kind of cure a pain point for me, which was, you know, being a small guy, being weak. And I found that uh, that through training, one, I built my passion for learning as much as I could about exercise and helping others. But I learned that building your body can be a vehicle to build your mind and really build everything off of your life from that, you know, build the confident mindset that you can use to instill action going forward and uh, then help pass that, that lesson on to others. Very cool. And like you are just saying, um, you know, most of the people who I've interviewed so far, they've kind of come from more of a, like myself, overweight background, but you've actually kind of come the opposite approach you're a smaller kid and you've managed to put on some muscle over time and just really build up that confidence um do you is that what you seem to find a lot of guys seem to resonate with you more they come from the same type of experience with you or do you get guys from all over the place you know i really get guys from all over the place you know um you know especially given the um you know the health of the world as a whole and the fact that obesity has been on a rise obviously a lot more people come from the fact where they were you know potentially bigger when they're growing up and and then use exercise as a way to lose weight and transform their lives in that manner um you know i do come from the opposite spectrum where i was always a smaller guy but um you know a lot of the things in terms of mindset are the same i'm sure a lot of us had a lot of uh uncomfortable interactions growing up maybe we were picked on as kids um different things like that that really you know caused a pain point but also triggered us to take massive action and really what I find is, you know, whether you're trying to gain muscle, whether you're trying to lose fat, the biggest thing is knowing that there's something for you or something that is, you know, kind of driving you nuts and driving you towards action. And that when you take that action and conquer that goal, 
um, there's really no better feeling, you know, whether it's fat loss or building muscle. So I get a big combination of each. Um, and honestly, I love working with both, uh, you know, both types of guys because once you start to build that confidence and really start going and investing in your training, there is no better feeling um, that you have as a coach or as the person than to seeing your body transform. Absolutely. It's one of the best things to be able to see that and to be able to take people on that journey too. You know, like it's so rewarding to be able to, to, be able to take people from where they are to where they want to be and you're just like guiding light to help them there along the way. Yeah, definitely. It's honestly, it's, you know, I'm sure you can relate as a coach, but, you know, having that, that past experience yourself um, and then being able to see the transformation other people can make when they start to feel empowered and they start to be inspired by the transformation that they're making, uh, there, there really is no better feeling. And, um, you know, seeing somebody else change their life and, you know, live, learn and pass on the same lessons that you taught them. Uh, that's the most rewarding feeling you can really have. Yeah. And coming up, like obviously with the training that you've done, what about like everyone always sees, you know, personal trainers as, oh, you know, they, they're so perfect. They train all the time. They do all these things. But why don't you share with us, like what are some common mistakes that you made when you were trying to improve your health fitness, when you were trying to, you know, get bigger and get stronger? Yeah, you know, my first thing, <clears throat> I was like, uh, I was probably like a lot of kids out there, right? You see all the action hero movies and you see uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger looking jacked on a predator or, you know, what have you, any situation like that. And you immediately make the connection that like, oh, these guys are big and strong and ripped. Um, I should train directly like they should. And for me, that meant, you know, I was pulling out all the big magazines and looking at these different magazine workouts and following these advanced body part splits that, you know, later on I learned were uh, really made for high-end bodybuilders that, that for the most case are, one, dedicating their entire life to training and nutrition and recovery. Uh, but they're also, you know, had that little extra vitamin steroid coming in <laughs> um, to provide some of those results. And, you know, I, I went in, I worked hard, and, you know, that does get you so far working hard regardless of um, how directed your training is. Effort really is the number one thing. But um, I found out pretty quickly that the way I was training was very misguided for what I wanted to accomplish. And that's the same thing I find with, uh, um, with a lot of people that are newer into the gym and just getting started on their fitness journey. They look at, you know, the most advanced cool program that, you know, the rock or somebody else follows and they jump right into that without having the prerequisite strength and movement and, uh, and setting up the habits to really make exercise a long-term life-changing endeavor. I know exactly how you feel. My dad gave me my first uh, men's health and men's fitness magazine and I was like, oh yeah, you know, the perfect arms routine this month <laughs> and then a perfect arms routine next month. I was like, okay, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we all do make those mistakes, especially starting out. So thinking about that though, like um, I like to give the guys, you know, actionable steps they can take instead of them following a muscle building, like a muscle building magazine or following the latest whatever's going on at the moment, the Wolverine workouts or whatever it is, what are some fundamental things you recommend to people do when they're in the gym? Okay, so the first thing I do recommend, um, this is more of a mindset than anything else, but find something you enjoy and make sure that it's something you'll be able to do consistently because, you know, obviously training isn't always fun. You know, there's always a grind. There's always those tough days. But the most important thing you can do to transform your body is to find some exercises or find a workout routine that you enjoy and you will do it consistently because the imperfect program done consistently over time will always triumph over the perfect program that you do haphazardly. So by that, I mean, 
I guess essentially I just mean find, find what you enjoy and make sure that you are able to do your workouts consistently. Now, in the perfect world, what that would be, that'd be focusing on major movements, major movement patterns. So I'm talking um, a squat pattern, a hinge pattern, so something like a deadlift or a, or a Romanian deadlift, a, a push, so a bench press, a push-up, a military press, a pull, that's a pull-up or a bent-over row, a lunge-type pattern, um, so yeah, a walking lunge or a split squat, and then a weighted carry. Um, if we look at those basic movement patterns, as long as you construct a program around those, that's fine. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a barbell. It doesn't have to be a dumbbell or a kettlebell or any one particular tool, but make sure you're focusing on those big major movement patterns, because that's going to lead to a well-balanced developed physique really from head to toe. Um, if we want to get a little bit more specific, a lot of guys really when they come in the gym, will focus endlessly on the body part splits and, and Tyson, I'm sure you see the same thing, but all of a sudden you see this workout plan and you know, Monday, it's definitely chest day. It's international chest day. Everybody from, from the U.S. To, uh, to Australia is going to be, you know, hitting the bench press, right? Um, so bench press Monday, back Tuesday, legs maybe on Wednesday, shoulders Thursday, arms Friday, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot, I see a lot of guys that follow programs like this, and then what happens is, um, you know, they go from zero workouts a week to trying to do five, and pretty soon they're just doing the stuff that they like. And when you only do the stuff that you like, you will not grow past a certain point. Um, and that's when they hit plateaus. So in a perfect world, find the exercises that you enjoy, uh, focus on the big major movement patterns, and ideally focus on something that's going to be more total body in nature. So you're hitting uh, your major muscle groups a little bit more often. So that could be like a bench press, a squat, and a row on one day. Then it could be a deadlift and a chin-up and a military press on the other day. And the third day could be you know, a lunge, a different type of squat, and it could be some bicep curls and push-ups, you know? But finding a plan that's going to help you be consistent and hit most of your muscle groups more frequently is going to help a lot of guys get a lot better results quicker. Awesome. That was really, really helpful. And so think about that, guys. Like next time you are in there, if you are following that body part split, you can think about you can train like that or you can get results faster by being more consistent, like you said, with these compound exercises. And at the end of the day, when you do these compound exercises, don't forget you are going to be working your biceps, working your triceps, working all of your show muscles too. Isn't that right, Eric? Yeah, definitely. You know, no, uh, no exercise is purely isolation in one factor. And especially when you're talking about something like, like a row or a pull-up, like, you know, the primary muscle that you're hitting might be your lats or it could be your traps, depending how you're doing it. But anytime you're doing a pulling exercise, even if it's those big compound ones, you're also hitting your bicep. You're also hitting your forearm. So those arms are going to grow. Uh, the same thing, you know, when we're talking about a pushing exercise. So if there's a military press or a bench press, yeah, you're hitting your chest, you're hitting your shoulders, but you're also hitting your triceps to give you those big, thick arms that are going to help, you know, stretch shirt sleeves and turn heads. So, um, you know, you, you can't forget about, like I said, the big muscles are hitting all the smaller muscles that you think you got to spend a lot of time on, but you don't necessarily have to do that, especially when you're getting started. Yeah, exactly right. And it's that consistency too, guys. It's sticking to that one program and going through four to six to eight weeks to make sure you're making progress. Don't go and try and change like one thing this week and do dumbbells this week and barbells next week. Set yourself a little goal for four to six weeks before you start changing up the exercises. Otherwise, you're not going to see the progress you want because if you do dumbbells one week and barbells the other week, Sure, it might not be that much of a change, but your body needs to adapt to the to the movement that you're also doing. You and nailed that, that. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that was the big thing that I used to do. Like I thought 
one day I'll do like a wide grip bench press, then I'll do close grip, and then I'll do dumbbells and incline, and people wonder why they get so stuck with these things, but it's because our body needs to adapt to what we're actually doing at the time. Is that right? That's definitely it. And like you said, you know, good solid four to six weeks with any program before you switch it, that's fine. But you need to build up to that point where you're getting strong in these big movement patterns and you're doing them consistently. You know, it's, you mentioned like changing grip where it used to, you know, I used to do the same thing, right? You know, on chest day, you're going to hit a uh, regular bench press and you're going to hit something that's going to be close grip and then you're going to go hit an incline, then maybe a decline, some flies. You know, it's like every time that you make a change in terms of grip, that really is a different exercise. So as you're saying, maybe for four to six weeks, you're sticking with a routine that has a bench press on a Monday. That's cool. Use the same grip for four to six weeks, build up your strength and get some progressive overload to build up those tissues. And then all you need to do, maybe tweak your grip for the next four to six weeks, move it in two to three inches or slow down your tempo. There's a lot of different ways to progress, but the biggest mistake that guys make is consistently changing exercises to the point where they never overload the body enough to really force it to change. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just chaos and the body's not going to adapt. Awesome. And don't forget, guys, we've made the same mistakes. This is exactly why we're talking about this today, to make sure that you avoid these common mistakes. And so, Eric, when it comes to, well, that's like that's the workout side of things. Let's talk about diet, nutrition, things like that. Now, you're more of a, a flexible type of guy when it comes to these things and were you always like that were you always like did you always have a bit more of a flexible approach with dieting because for me mine was a little bit different yeah honestly um like i said this might be where we differ a little bit because we do come from a different area for me um my, my battle personally was always eat enough calories to really stimulate muscle growth and keep weight up for sports and uh and different things um so you know definitely i was able to get away with a few more things um, but you know, working with clients has changed that, that, uh, that thought process a little bit. So basically where I stand on dog or, uh, in terms of diet is first off, I believe a lot of people are far too dogmatic. There's no perfect answer one way or the other, whether it's uh, paleo, keto, high carb, low carb, um, you know, South beach diet, all these different diets, they can work, but there are a couple of consistency and a consistency really, or consistent pattern with any diet plan is going to work. One, there is some restriction in terms of calories because you need a negative caloric balance to really trigger fat loss. At least we want to maximize it. Um, There's generally a, unless we're talking about completely if it fits your macros, but there's generally a focus on more natural foods, fruits and vegetables, lean meats, and stuff like that, minimally processed foods that are going to help provide um, obviously the macronutrients and the micronutrients and fiber and those things that you need to have a healthy body and build the body that you want. Um, But really... my overall approach is there is no perfect answer. The way I see it with nutrition is when I'm working with a client, it's going to be focusing on the habits that we can change that we're going to be able to change over the long term to create that long term, that long term fat loss. So by that, really what I mean is, um, you know, there is no perfect way. It's going to be completely based on an individual and I want to create a diet and a fitness routine that is going to improve their life but not completely consume it where they develop an unhealthy relationship with food, uh, become overly um, obsessed with counting or any of those other things. I really like that approach because that's where one area that I struggled when I first started trying to lose weight, I completely restricted myself to the foods, obviously coming from a different background so trying to lose that weight but when that happened, I was I got to that point where I was like, oh my god, like I can't even eat this food because it's unclean, it's unhealthy, and it just put me in a really bad mindset. But being able to apply the approach that you do now, having more 
habit-based, uh, habit-based flexible approach where you are getting in your, you know, your protein, your carbohydrates, your fats, and especially your micronutrients, which I think a lot of people start to uh, fall off on, which is your fruit and vegetables, was way more important than just focusing on is this food healthy or is this only, like I can only eat this specific type of food. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've, I've had clients that have had definitely that same battle in terms of thinking, you know, like, I, I can't have a carb, I can't have this because all of a sudden it's going to give me insulin resistance and it's going to go right to my waistline. And, you know, obviously there are trouble foods for everybody and everyone does a unique interaction with different foods. But, um, yeah, the biggest thing is is trying to have a good overall view and a good relationship with food because, you know, we do we do definitely attach a lot of value to physique, and I think that is definitely important to, uh, you know, like the way that you look and be confident and all that stuff. But when it comes down to eating and food, there are a lot of different interactions that go far beyond how food is going to affect your body composition. You know what I mean? Like there are, um, I don't know about you, but definitely here in the U.S., we do a ton of, you know, family meals are a big thing and holiday meals, and there are a lot of different you know, social aspects that, that people may tie into their diet and completely jumping into a fully restrictive diet for a lot of people does not work because it's too much change all at once. Yeah, never try and jump the whole, like dip one toe in the pool first before you just go jump straight in because so many people just go, I'm training five days a week, I'm eating clean, I'm never eating junk food again, and what happens two weeks in the future? <laughs> you hit that wall and... <laughs> It becomes a food bender, or yeah. for me, it's like pizza and beer. That's like you know, game over. It's it's that cake wall. It's that big cake wall you want to just smash yourself with. So, and I've been there, guys. Like so many times, people just think, even though I'm a trainer, like I still try and think, oh no, I'm not like that. I'm different. I can do things. But we're all human at the end of the day, and we do have to make those small habit-based changes over time. Definitely. I mean, like I said, small habit-based changes are really really what's going to drive the long-term change. Um, you know, specifically when I talk about crash diets, whether uh, it's with a fellow coach such as yourself or, or with clients, you know, a lot of people fall prey to the crash diets and we see all the headlines on the tabloids and Facebook and all these other things like the 30-day muffin top melter or whatever, uh, whatever fancy title somebody comes up with. And, you know, a lot of times these, these things are a short-term solution to a long-term problem but more of a short-term band-aid than, than anything else. And if you really want to achieve that long-term sustainable weight loss, so build the body that you want and then be able to keep it, it's going to require that long-term approach. There's really no way around it. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the long-term approach then. Let's say I want to make what is I want to make a habit today. I want to start implementing it. What is one simple habit I could start off with today if I wanted to start for the long-term approach? Okay, so are we, uh, are we talking maybe fat loss here? Yep, let's say fat, I'm a guy, I want to lose, in the short term, I want to lose 10 kilos, but in the long term, it's just a more healthier lifestyle for fat loss. Okay, so the first thing I, I tend to focus on here, this uh, different than a lot of coaches, but what I like to focus on first is just getting consistent movement. So what I would typically do, um, I'd say, hey, let's, uh, let's set up a quick five-minute morning routine as soon as you get out of bed, and let's just get the blood flowing a little bit. So this could be something as simple as, okay, as soon as that alarm goes off, you are up, you're not hitting the snooze button, you're up and you're turning some lights on so you get that body wide awake. And what I want you to do, awesome, I want you to do a set of, um, we'll say five to 10 push-ups, five to 10 squats, um, we'll do a 30 second plank, and then five lunges per leg. And what you do, set a timer for five to 10 minutes and just knock that out right away in the, in the morning. 
That way, one, nothing else can get in your get in your way before you get some exercise in. If you if you're able to get a training session in later that day, that's awesome. This shouldn't conflict too much with your recovery. Um, but it also sets you up in a positive mindset right away. So you're getting active, you're moving towards your goal first thing in the morning. And that really helps build that entire habit and sets the condition for the rest of the day that, Hey, I already did this workout. I'm going to be able to make some good decisions with my diet the rest of the day. I'm going to, you know, maybe go for a walk at lunch instead of sitting on my computer watching YouTube videos. You know, I think doing something early right away in the morning and something small, like a, like a five or 10 minute little workout series uh, that can be just a game changer right in and of itself. Okay, easy. So, guys, it's very, very simple. Five minutes, wake up and just go, I'm going to do five push-ups. You don't have to do, he said, five or ten, doesn't matter. Start with five. Make it as easy as possible for yourself to be able to do it every morning. So you wake up, you hit that five-minute timer, five push-ups, five squats. Sorry, did you say five, five push-ups, five squats? Uh, you know, it's going to depend on the person. So if you, you know, if we have somebody who's like 60, 70, 80 pounds overweight, yeah. you know, five push-ups might be one hell of a workout in and of itself. So, Very true. um, you know, pick a, pick a decent amount of push-ups, not where you're, you know, redlining it, you're, you're at, at your max, but, uh, you know, five to 10, same thing with a squat and just continue to work through it, set that timer and just get as many rounds in as you can. Easy as that, seven days a week. And that's about the consistency, guys. It's about getting that pattern in. Even if you don't have a gym membership, even if you don't want to change anything else, it's five minutes of your day before anybody else disturbs you too because excuses can come in just like that. It's time for another episode of Tyson's Time Saving Tips. Today, we are in the office and we are talking about getting more fitness done with your colleagues. Now, this is a really cool thing that you can do. If you know that you have to go to a meeting or if you know that you know, you've got to go like, you know, talk to your boss or anything like that, suggest going for a stand-up or a walking meeting because what they found is meetings that when you're actually standing up, they take quicker to go through. If you're even walking around, they go even faster because people don't, when you're standing up, you're not comfortable and you know there's more higher, fast pace. You want to get back to doing what you're doing. So instead of getting people to sit down and be comfortable and then droning on for an hour or an hour and a half, suggest either a stand-up meeting or even better, say, hey, do you mind if we go for a walk? Go for a walk around the block while you're talking to your boss because this way, you're increasing the amount of steps you're doing during the day, you're shortening that meeting period and you're getting everyone fit and healthy. So a lot of people don't think about this, but just ask your boss. It's really, really simple to just say, hey, do you mind if we just go for a walk around the block really quickly? Because what you're going to find is you're going to go into get through those meetings so much more easier. It's not going to be as much of a drag and you're not going to be sitting down because once you sit down, you're comfortable and you don't want to get back up. And then there's going to be one person talking and then the other. But if everyone's standing up, everyone's there, we're all ready to get back to it and get back to work. And we don't want to be standing around for long periods of time. So having a stand-up meeting is a really, really beneficial thing you can do to suggest to your boss. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least you've actually suggested it instead of just thinking, oh, this isn't going to work for me. So if you need to have a talk to your boss, if you need to go and have a meeting with somebody, suggest a stand-up meeting, go for a walk around the building, do something just to get those steps up a little bit more, to get the heart rate going and to shorten the amount of time that you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs in a meeting. That is your time-saving tip. Now let's get back into the episode.
Dude, you just nailed that. I mean, I mean, think about that in the context of a year. I mean, if you did, say, if you did ten push-ups and you went through that circuit five times in a day, the end of a year that is, I'm just gonna pull out a calculator quick. Eighteen thousand push-ups. Whoa! Just doing five sets of ten push-ups in one day. And you cannot sit there and say, like, you know what, like, five sets of ten, one, yeah, you can definitely knock that out, and two, I'm sure either one, of, both of us would be shaking our head, yeah, that, uh, or nodding, I guess, yeah, that 18,000 push-ups in the course of a year, that could radically transform your body, definitely no doubt. So, yeah. It doesn't seem like a lot for a day, but that can be a lot over the course of time. Like you said, it's a long-term approach, too. We always think of that, oh, I can only bench 60 kilos, or I can only do five five push-ups now but when you look at it in the long-term approach if it's just that consistency of trying to get a little bit better each time whether it be one more rep whether it be a little bit more weight on the bar whether it be eating half a muffin instead of a whole muffin those little changes do really add up for that long-term approach yeah it's it's insane i I can't remember the quote exactly right now but it's something along the lines of we overestimate what we can do in the short term, but we greatly underestimate what we can accomplish in the long term. And just by setting some small positive activities each, you know, each morning when you wake up, you'll be amazed how quickly you can transform your body, transform your life. And, you know, this applies for things even outside the scope of training. But, you know, for example, even reading a book for 10 minutes a day, if you haven't read for a while, like you would get so much smarter over that time. So it's really a timeless philosophy that if you apply it directly to training, uh, it can really change your life and change your body. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm a really big book reader and I like to read, uh, you know, fitness, business, self-development, all different types of books. And I'm sure, are you a bit of a reader yourself since you just mentioned books? Uh, I am. I'm actually uh, sitting in front of my bookshelf right now. Oh, very cool. <laughs> so, what if I was someone who, let's say I wanted to learn a little bit more about fitness, is there like a basic book you would recommend that I, I could go and read if I wanted to read it? Just to give me a general understanding uh, about, uh, let's say, movement. Um, like any particular movement in general or uh, just some good basic texts? Well, you kind of gave me an idea before about doing squats, bent over rows, bench press. Is there any book that you like to refer to people to say, okay, this is how this is how it teaches you the muscles that are used or how to actually execute the movement properly so people can get an idea? Yeah, so if we're looking at something... Um, and this is going to be barbell-based, but uh, but Starting Strength by Mark Ripto is great for that if you want to learn the basics of a squat, bench, and a deadlift. Um, disclaimer, I'm not of the thought that those are the only things you need to do, but those are very solid movement patterns that you should be able to master in some context and then be able to apply it with dumbbells and, and different tools from there. Um, that is an excellent piece for you right there. Um, if we're looking at other books, um, man, directly based on training, Looking at my bookshelf right now, a couple good old texts that I read when I was really getting started in terms of training. Um, there's an old one called Built for Show by Nate Green where he's very thorough in terms of activities and setting habits and a lot of things that we've talked about here. Um, that would be a good one to get you started. Um, Huge in a Hurry is an old book by Chad Waterbury. Um, he goes over many of the basic things you need in terms of building muscle, but there's a very thorough breakdown of different exercises that you can do within that book. Um, also the scrawny to brawny book by, by John Berardi, which later became that coaching program. I'm sure you've heard of that one. Um, very, very thorough in terms of, um, if you want a good, easier to read approach in terms of, um, you know, 
getting familiar with exercise, different techniques, and then seeing how they all play together in terms of uh, creating a healthier lifestyle. Cool. So that was Huge in a Hurry, Built to Show, Scrawny to Brawny, and Practical Programming by, oh, sorry, uh, Starting Strength by Mark Ripto. Yes. But hey, Practical Program is an excellent one, too, if you want to understand the basics of exercise programming. Um, you know, there are so many good texts out there right now. It's like I'm looking at some of these. I'm like, ah, I could say super training, but people don't want to dive into that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit deep, that one. That one's deep, man. Oof. But guys, if you want to get started, they are some great books. So I will have them in the show notes uh, so you can take a look at them because I know some of you do like to read. Not everyone, but you can also um, definitely have a look. There's some YouTube videos out there too if you do want to learn the list. But always make sure you're learning them and learning the correct technique because there's so many people out there doing poor technique. And if you're on this long run, again, it's about doing the correct technique, avoiding injury, like trying to keep yourself in the gym as long as possible as opposed to having to take a week off here and a week off there because you just keep injuring yourself. That is so spot on. It's uh, honestly, at the end of the day, it comes down, quality is much more important than quantity. You know, being able to have a high quality squat, I'd much rather see somebody who can do, um, you know, a really good squat with, you know, 100 pounds, 50 pounds, um, I know we're talking different uh, different units now, but um, you know you don't need to use a whole lot of weight sometimes to get great results. And your technique is going to be much more important for the long term. And um, and I'm sure feel free to chime in at this point at any time. But I know so many guys that you know wanted to go really hard and build that awesome body, especially late te- late teens, early twenties, and chase the weight and chase the PR as the only measurement of uh, of improvement. And uh, it's a good way to beat yourself up if you're not careful. So reinforce technique above all else. I think you just described my uh, my youth growing up. <laughs> just trying hey, to, yeah, mine too. <laughs> trying to always chase those PBs, and yeah, that was the end of the day. Like I'm glad I didn't suffer any really bad injuries for it, but I have been put out for it before, and it's just because I try to chase that weight too quickly. Yeah, you know, it's it's um, the body does need some time to progress and. Any hitch that you tend to have in terms of technique is going to be exacerbated and made worse when uh, when a lot of weight gets piled on. You know, when you pile weight on top of dysfunction, that's when bad things happen. So if you can, in the first place, avoid that dysfunction and optimize that form, well, you'll be able to pile on the weight and get big and strong and stay healthy. Awesome. Okay, so thinking about this then, you've given me a little bit of a morning workout routine that I can do if I'm just getting started. I've now gone and watched some YouTube videos and I've read a book about how to do the movements properly, and I'm in the gym. So if I wanted to, let's say like my, my focus was fat loss, how many days would you recommend that I train with weights a week? On general, if I had if I had seven days free, would, would you recommend me doing three days first or four days first? What would you say? I would go for three days first. Honestly, you know, find the minimum that you can do and do it consistently and then build from there. So I would say start with three days, uh, say you're doing that morning routine plus three days in the gym, you know, that's going to be a lot compared to somebody who hasn't, who hasn't done a whole lot before and your body's going to have plenty there. Um, you know, like I said, you don't need to be one of those guys that's in the gym five, six, seven days a week. You have to train hard, be very focused with what you're doing, have the highest quality workout you can, and then get out and recover. Oh, right. Okay. So, so I don't have to be in the gym every day. Like I see a lot of people doing, is that right? You do not. I mean, honestly, like, like I said, you can only train so hard, um, then be able to recover from it. And 
a lot of times when you see guys that are going in the gym so hard every single day, um, they can they can hold that for about about three to four weeks, and then when life comes up and gets chaotic and something crazy happens at work or in class and things have to go by the wayside, training is the first thing that goes there, and because you haven't set that practical expectation um, for what you're able to do on a consistent basis, so lock in that consistency first and foremost. Absolutely. And I just want to like go back over that. You said recovery happens outside of the gym. And so many people, like that's when the muscle grows. That's when we get to build up. Guys, we do not gain muscle when we're in the gym. We are doing damage to our muscles. We're breaking them down and the repair and the growth happens when you are resting, when you're recovering, when you're, you know, when you're getting good sleep, when you're getting nutrition. All those things come into play just as much as training does. Yeah, that's spot on. And, and, and one thing that, that I always like to say is you, know, you can pick two out of these three. You can have frequency or high frequency, and that's how often you work out. You can have high total volume, so that would be the number of reps and time under tension that you've had the entire week. And you can have intensity. Intensity is how heavy or how explosive you're moving. You can pick two out of three of those, but you can't have them all. And for a lot of people, I find it's you know, maybe you're better off just working out a couple days a week, three days a week, getting a pretty good, you know, working on some heavy strength movements on, uh, on one or two days. And then the other day, maybe you're hitting more volume. So you feel those muscles getting some work. You know, you get that excellent bicep pump before you go out on a Friday. Um, you know, but you can pick two out of three of those variables. You can't chase all three for very long before your body starts to break down. Okay. That's a really good approach. So focus more on the heavy stuff towards the start of the week and then obviously if I'm going to go out on the weekend, that's when I can kind of do my showboating stuff, get a little bit of pump on the arms Um, and yeah, but have that little bit of mixture between. Yeah, kind of a, I guess we want to be, you know, more specific, an undulated model, right? Maybe one day that's heavy, one day that's, uh, so so we'll qualify heavy as, you know, say one to six reps where you're really working on strength. Uh, we have another day that's more moderate, maybe working six to 12 reps. And that would be kind of your classic hypertrophy muscle growth rep range. And then one day is maybe more 10 to 15. You're really getting a good pump, um, a little bit less joint stress because you're not going quite as heavy. Um, and then being able to cycle through those, that's going to give you an approach. It's going to let you hit a lot of different muscle fibers. Uh, it's going to let you train a couple different ways and see really what you enjoy the most. Uh, and it's going to keep things fresh. So you stay motivated and keep going into the gym. Very, very cool. Guys, I think we got some really, really good takeaway points there. So if you are just starting out, get into that five-minute habit routine in the morning. Go into the gym at least three times a week doing full-body exercise, like learning the big compound movements, and then changing it up a little bit, a heavy day, a medium day, and a little bit more pump work where you're going to get the blood flowing into the system and just being consistent for that four to six weeks to saying, this is the exercise I'm going to do. This is how many reps and sets I'm going to do. This is, the, this is exactly how I'm going to do it. And if you stick to that, that is the long-term approach. That is where it's going to get you to where you want to go. And it's just being diligent enough to be able to stick to it day in and day out because it's not going to happen overnight. It's a habit-based approach. Is there anything you want to add on to that, Eric? Or you feel like I kind of uh, lay out the approach pretty simple for people? You absolutely nailed that. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, I'm just trying. I've got to make it as clear as possible because... A lot of things that went straight over my head when I was younger, someone would tell me something and I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. And if I didn't, if it wasn't clear enough, I just would not do it. Uh, no, I hear you. It's um, like I said, find what you can do consistently, 
continue to get stronger and work on those basic movement patterns almost above all else. Do things that you can enjoy so you continue to build the habit and focus on quality over quantity. It's not about how many reps you do. It's how well you execute each rep. And that's going to lead to some serious long-term um, <clears throat> long-term pain-free strength gains and, and building the body that you want rather than endlessly chasing a, a personal record for the sake of, uh, of Instagram views or a Facebook video. Yeah, otherwise you're going to be the, the, uh, the famous Instagram views of you failing a, uh, failing a movement and looking really <laughs> stupid. It, yeah, nobody wants to be the uh, epic, uh, epic fail guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's too many of those going around at the moment. Um, just before you go, Eric, what is one essential thing, like let's say a ritual for you, like what is one thing that you do every day that is essential for your health and fitness? It can be anything. Honestly, I do some form of movement every single day. It doesn't necessarily have to mean I'm doing a workout in the gym and pushing weights, um, but I want to make sure that I'm doing something just to actively work on. <clears throat> I guess one simple example is like I do a dynamic warm-up every day. Doesn't matter if I'm hitting the gym or not, but you know, as as uh, for example, as my business continues to grow, um, some days where I'm spending more time in front of a computer than than I am coaching compared to to years past, and it gives you an insight that you know, like shoulders get tight, the head starts to go forward, glutes get deactivated, and all those things that that a lot of people work desk jobs tend to have. Um, that each day it's important to get up and moving and open up the ranges of motion that get neglected when we have more of a sedentary lifestyle. So um, I'm, I'm doing a warm-up where I'm focusing on loosening up my shoulders, um, activating my hips, and activating my glutes to make sure all these muscles continue to fire and, uh, and prevent injuries down the road. Great movement. Yeah, humans are built to move, and we honestly, we just do too much sitting, too much standing behind a desk, and just being able to get flexible moving throughout the day, you feel so much better. Yeah, it's honestly, it's amazing. And, um, you know, like I said, it, it's these small things that tend to add up big over time. But being able to instill a daily warm up or something that you do every morning, it could be stretching, you know, um, just do something to get yourself moving over time. That's going to play a huge role. I mean, I've seen just some insane transformations with my clients in terms of how well they move uh, for some of the older guys, you know, maintaining balance and maintaining muscle tone and, and preventing injuries and stuff like that over the long term just by getting up and moving on a more consistent basis. Yeah, I so, speak about it a lot, but um, I've got to also be implementing that too. I definitely don't do enough. Yeah, you know, it's it wasn't an easy one to uh, to implement personally. It really had to think about it and uh, and make that my one focus for a little bit. And that's definitely an important part about anything you're trying to build at once. Don't try to change too many things, but Focus on the one thing that you can change right now and improve it. Very, very cool. Eric, I really appreciate you coming onto the show today and sharing all this wisdom and knowledge and really giving my guys like actionable things they can take away straight away, especially for their workout. And so where can people find out more about what you're doing, like learn more about you? What, where can we find you? Yeah, so you can find me on BachPerformance.com. Um, so, you know, looking at that, I believe that's my handle for Instagram. So at Bach performance, um, and then Facebook, you know, facebook.com backslash Bach performance. We're active on all those different channels there, um, shooting videos and, and stuff like that on a very regular basis. Um, on Facebook, we do have a very active Facebook community and the name of that group is, uh, the minimalist muscle or minimalist muscle. I love that uh, so group. feel free to join that. Yeah. So feel free to join that anytime. There's a ton of different coaches in there as well. And just a very, uh, a very positive atmosphere of people who are 
you know, new to training, people who have been training for decades, those who are coaches, um, just a great spot to be. And if you need any, any help in terms of anything, we're very active there. Um, but yeah, bachperformance.com is the big homepage and, uh, we're always happy to help you out there. Feel free to reach out and, uh, and be part of the community. Great. All right, guys, that is another episode done and dusted. I am going to share all of those links, including the books, in the show notes. So you can either go and pick yourself up a book or go and learn about some lifting techniques over on Eric's website and especially join the Facebook group because I have not seen very many interactive ones like he's got on there. Awesome. Tyson, thank you very much for having me, guys. Everybody who's listening, appreciate your time and, uh, and thanks a lot. See you guys in the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Before you go, can you please do me a massive favor and share this podcast with one friend or family member who you think would benefit from listening? All you have to do is open up your podcast app, click on those three dots next to the episode and click on share episode. Then you can text or email it to that friend or family member and tell them to check it out. Also, if you guys want to connect with me, I'm on all social media platforms, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want to find me, it's at TysonBPT, T-Y-S-O-N-B-P-T. Also, if you guys like the podcast, please go to iTunes and leave me a rating. This helps me get up the rankings and it also helps other people find me so I can help them improve their health and fitness. Once again, thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.